Hello, and welcome back to 15 Minutes of Fascism, a sadly topical podcast covering the global rise of the radical right. I'm Dr. Craig Johnson, bringing to you this week news pretty much exclusively from the United States. A lot of important stuff happened in the right wing in the United States this week, but there is a see you in hell from a global Catholic figure who is an English national, so stay tuned for that. Going to start out with news in Florida. In Florida, the Florida State Legislature is currently looking at a bill that would allow courts in that state to grant, quote, disapproving parents emergency custody of children if those children seek gender-affirming care. That is, if those children seek care that would allow them to express a transgender identity more safely and comfortably. Now, remember, despite the way that the right wing has been talking about this kind of gender-affirming care, this isn't exclusively like puberty blockers and pills and surgeries. A lot of this, and especially at the very start of it, we're talking about therapy. We're talking about preventing children from getting therapy for the extremely difficult situation of being trans. Being trans is not an easy experience, and, and that on top of being a teenager is a less easy one, right? And so this bill is saying that it's going to prevent children from getting that. Terrifyingly, this bill also says that it might apply even if the kid is outside of Florida. So like imagine if there was in the case of a split custody, right? And the child was in Ohio or, or Illinois or California or something and was getting this gender affirming care. Well, a Florida state court could say, no, we're revoking that custody agreement and we're granting it to a parent who lives in Florida. So that's like a crazy interstate legal problem. Even worse, the Florida bill is saying that they could grant this emergency custody if the gender-affirming care is only possible, if they are, quote, at risk of it. That means that, like, this Florida state legislature plan could grant Florida courts the right to demand custody of any child whose parent lives in Florida, wherever that child lives, if that child is trans. Like, it's, it's, it's horrifying, terrifying. Simultaneously, the Florida state government is gutting its own public education system. It's doing it on purpose. This is happening throughout the state, not just in terms of destroying funding, but also in terms of determining what the professors and teachers are allowed to talk about. Specifically, they're trying to prevent them from being able to discuss race issues or gender issues. This is in keeping with the trends that the rest of the Republican states in the United States are really intending to follow. It seems as if the culture wars are really ramping up ahead of the 2024 election and that this will remain the intentional wedge issue for Republican strategists ahead of the upcoming elections. Speaking of the upcoming elections, probably the biggest event on the calendar of the Republican Party happened last weekend. This is CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Committee. CPAC is a big conservative event in the U.S., but increasingly operative in the rest of the world as well. This one was a litmus test, essentially, for Trump's control over the party. So the consensus here was that this CPAC, this most recent CPAC, wasn't a total failure, like it doesn't represent the complete collapse of Trump's control of the party or a complete collapse of Trump's momentum, but he's certainly got a, an uphill battle ahead of him as opposed to where he was at this point in the electoral cycle in 2016, for example. The general consensus is that this meeting was relatively low energy, if not a complete disaster. 
CPAC this year was held in, last weekend, like I said, in a resort area of Maryland, very close to Washington, D.C. This is a big change for CPAC. Usually CPAC is located in Florida because Florida has a bunch of airports and cheap hotels and it's an easy place to fly to, right? But of course, it couldn't be held in Florida this time because Donald Trump and the Donald Trump wing of the Republican Party are trying to distance themselves from Ron DeSantis, Donald Trump's main competitor for Republican control in the United States. There are a bunch of attendees of this event. For example, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates, Ted Cruz, you know, the standard like Trump allies, the standard forever Trump type people. Additional attendees included Jair Bolsonaro and his son, Eduardo Bolsonaro. Jair Bolsonaro has been in the United States since December 31st of last year when he fled ahead of Lula da Silva's inauguration in Brazil. He spoke at CPAC and was mostly intent on talking about how good of a president he was and how he doesn't believe that he actually lost in 2022 and talking about his personal intense friendship with Donald Trump. Now, that's pretty standard for Bolsonaro, and Bolsonaro is actually an extremely adept public speaker. He was smiling, he was having a great time with the audience, he got a lot of laughs, he got a lot of applauses, and this was through a translator, right? So actually quite impressive. Donald Trump, by contrast, who gave, of course, the keynote of the event, was a way more disturbing figure behind the podium. He adopted his sort of like drunk, creepy uncle persona, where he's slouching all over the podium and saying disturbing things. You know, he was when going off on creepy tangents about disease and filth and national decay, you know, real fascist shit actually coming out of Trump's mouth on this weekend speech. He spent a whole lot of the discussion shouting out to loyalists, including Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates, people like that, people who have been in his camp, you know, people who stayed on his side while he was the president, even as the ship was sinking, people who stuck with him. You know, he's doing that in order to shout out to them, you know, in order to, to give them a boost, but also to remind them like, hey, you got here because of me, right? Trying to make sure that they understand that they're riding his coattails and not the way they're around. So this was, in some senses, a referendum on Trump, and it was an indecisive one. It didn't display that the Trump campaign is over, but it also revealed that he's not a shoe-in, right? It's entirely possible that DeSantis or somebody else is going to capture the imagination of the Republican Party, especially as the government of Florida continues to descend into a, you know, Viktor Orban-style Hungarian anti-liberal authoritarian nightmare state. And speaking of anti-authoritarian nightmare states, Nick Fuentes attempted to enter CPAC this weekend, and like happens every year, he was thrown out. CPAC tries to adopt a sort of middle ground between the extreme right of the Republican Party and mainstream conservatism. So it does not allow open anti-Semitism and open fascism in the way that Fuentes espouses them. The only person who's allowed to say things like that at CPAC is Donald Trump, basically. Fuentes was not allowed because Fuentes is just a blatant anti-Semite, just, just an actual open fascist. So instead, as per usual, Nick Fuentes and his supporters held their own rally, their own conference in a hotel just across the street. This event was held for Nick Fuentes and his Groypers, uh, the leading faction of fascist organizing in the United States. This time, at his speech in front of this conference, wearing big black sunglasses and also a big black puffy jacket, it's kind of a change for a guy who usually tries to go with the fake talking head, you know, 
in front of a fake background with a suit and tie type look. Anyway, Fuentes at this speech announced that he is again rebranding his ideology. What he's going to call it is, quote, Christian futurism. Now, that's a really, really curious thing for him to call his fascist ideology. The Christian part is in keeping with Fuentes' almost constant emphasis on the quote-unquote Christian nature of Western civilization. Those are his words, you know, that, that's what he believes. But the futurism part is really telling. Futurism was a political ideology, was a political movement that predated fascism. It predated the Italian fascist party and Mussolini's formation of the fascist organizations that would eventually become the fascist party. The futurists were right-wing revolutionaries, but in a somewhat more complicated and secular mode than the fascists in Italy or the Nazis in Germany, which is why Fuentes calling his movement Christian futurism is particularly confusing. I think that he's trying to signal to the chronically online weirdos that are the primary consumers of his particular brand of right-wing politics that, you know, he's calling it futurism so that they know that he's talking about fascism, but other people might not know that he's talking about fascism. However, of course, he's betraying a complete misunderstanding of what futurism was by calling it Christian futurism because futurists were famously anti-clerical. They didn't like the power of the Catholic Church in Italy. That was one of their major problems. But, you know, he's not an academic. He's a fascist demagogue. And continuing on with fascist demagogues, although I, he's not a fascist, he is definitely a demagogue, Tucker Carlson has come out with a bunch of what he says is new footage from the January 6th invasion of Capitol Hill in 2021, Donald Trump's attempted coup in 2021. A trove of footage was released to Carlson and to the Fox News Corporation by Republicans in the United States Congress, and it purports to show that January 6th was in fact a peaceful rally. And it's trying to tie into this idea that the, the perspective that it was a dangerous attempted coup is, in fact, a hack job, a, a, a fake news bit, right? That's what they say, that, that that's the fake news, that this was an attempted coup, and that it was mainstream media and Democrats trying to demonize Trump voters. This is, of course, completely ridiculous, as anybody who was actually there uh, except for, you know, the people who are on trial for the fact that they tried to overthrow the United States government. But anybody else who is actually there, all the other footage that we've already seen, all the other investigations that have been conducted by parts of the United States government, including, right, the Capitol Police, all of these investigations show that this was a coup, right? These were armed and unarmed people invading the United States Congress in order to kidnap congresspersons and disrupt the peaceful transition of power in the United States. So, this is Tucker Carlson really trying to double down on this big lie, quote unquote, you know, the idea that Donald Trump's supposed victory in 2020 was stolen from him. Meanwhile, ongoing leaks about chats that right-wing figures have been having with one another have shown that Tucker Carlson and other figures in Fox News personally dislike Donald Trump. Chats between Carlson and other people at Fox News show that Carlson claims to have an extreme personal disdain for Donald Trump and that he was in some senses rooting for him to be out of the news cycle. Unfortunately uh, for you, Carlson, and much more unfortunately for literally everybody else on Earth, Donald Trump is not gone. He remains a terrifying part of our political world. Finally, the Department of Justice says that Donald Trump can in fact be sued for his actions on January 6th. This could open him up to lawsuits, not just from people who were injured during the attack, but also from the Capitol Police itself and from members of the Capitol Police. 
This might prove to be an extremely important wedge issue between Donald Trump voters who kind of didn't really want to think about the coup, but who like cops, right? If an actual police force, an actual police sue Donald Trump personally for his supporting armed rioters entering the Capitol building in an attempt to overthrow the United States government, like that might actually move some people who weren't going to otherwise be moved by the January 6th Special Investigation Committee, right? So here's hoping. Finally, going to close out this week like I do every week with See You in Hell, a segment celebrating the deaths of prominent right-wing figures in history. This week, however, unfortunately, like last week, I'm, I'm, I'm very sorry to tell you, this fascist is in fact alive. His name is Richard Williamson, and he is maybe, maybe he's a Catholic bishop? It's kind of confusing. Williamson was born in the London area in 1940. His father was English and his mother was from the United States. He spent his early life, you know, the first about 20, 30 years of his life as a regular English rich kid. He attended private schools, he attended a good university, etc. He then converted to Catholicism in 1971 and attended a normal Catholic seminary for a while. Eventually, though, he left that seminary and went to one that was run by an organization called the Society of St. Pius X, a separatist, traditionalist Catholic organization founded by the right-wing Catholic bishop Marcel Lefebvre who was opposed to the liberalization of the Catholic Church after the Second Vatican Council. This is, incidentally, uh, the bread and butter of what my dissertation was about. After attending this seminary, Williamson was ordained as a Catholic priest in 1976. Now, in the later part of the 1980s is when our story really starts to heat up. In 1988, Lefebvre made public his intentions to consecrate, that is, to raise up to the status of bishops, a series of four priests, including, among them, Richard Williamson. This was not allowed by the Pope, and the Pope needs to have given specific approval in order to raise somebody up to the status of bishop. But Lefebvre wanted to do this because he wanted to maintain a separation. He wanted to create a separate, parallel, right-wing Catholic Church as the Society of St. Pius X. He went ahead with these consecrations, and so he Richard Williamson and these other priests and all the people who were following them fell into excommunication. They were separate from the Catholic Church. They continued to perform the Mass in traditional Latin. They didn't talk to the congregation. They are generally opposed to the turn toward the poor and the turn toward the downtrodden that the Catholic Church has adopted since the 1970s. On top of this, Williamson specifically is a conspiracy theorist, he is a Holocaust denier. Uh, this is often hand-in-hand hand for your more hardcore Catholic traditionalists. This has also landed him in criminal prosecutorial proceedings in Germany for denying the existence of the Holocaust. It's also made him a hero of the Argentine right wing, which is why I know about him specifically from writing my dissertation. Eventually, the conservative Catholic Pope, Pope Benedict XVI, that is Pope Ratzinger, lifted the excommunication of the Society of St. Pius X and also thereby Richard Williamson. However, Williamson has since then continued in the terrible tradition of Marcel Lefebvre and has consecrated more bishops on his own, which has made him excommunicated again. He has continued to espouse his right-wing beliefs, he has continued to deny the Holocaust, and he has continued to spread his terrible, horrible, conspiracy theorist perspectives from the pulpit. So, Richard Williamson, we hope to someday see you in hell. All right, that was 15 Minutes of Fascism, a sadly topical podcast covering the global rise of the radical right. 
I'm Dr. Craig Johnson, thanking Sleepy Kitty Arts and Sleepy Kitty Music for our intro, outro, and graphics. If you enjoyed the podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. Please leave a review on whatever it is you're listening to this on. If you really like the podcast, check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash 15 minutes of fascism. That's 15 minutes of fascism spelled out in all one word. That's also where you can reach me on Gmail, 15 minutes of fascism at gmail.com. I am also on Twitter at hist of the right. That's H-I-S-T of the right and fascism 15. All right. Thanks very much. And I'll talk to you next week.